everyone, welcome to Hair of the Werewolf. I am your host, Lily, and in this show, Chase and I will be discussing everything paranormal. What's up, guys? I'm Chase. And I'll be sharing with him some true scary stories in which my ultimate goal will be to finally scare him. Oh, good luck with that. I love all things horror, but I just don't scare very easily. Yeah, well, we'll see. And since you guys are already here, I will be bringing you guys along and hopefully scaring you as well. So please get as comfortable as you can so we can start discussing spirits over some spirits. And speaking of which, both Chase and I are drinking IPAs from a local brewery. Shout out to La Cumbre. What, what? And (laughs) yes, what, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is how this show's basically gonna vibe, guys. So please strap in because we are going to be having an amazing time. Um, Yeah. So what do you have for me today? I have a few things. She has quite a few pieces of paper. I'm a little intimidated. Uh, I'm like, does she have like a hundred scary stories or just like one really detailed one? We'll see what I do. Yeah, earlier when I looked over at the printer, she's like, it's not printing. I'm like, it's because it's out of paper. And then we put in paper and just sheets keep coming out. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? I know. And I would use my laptop, but the problem is it's like, it's it's a beast and it like has 500 fans on it because... Apparently, I thought it was more important to play games on it than get a more sensible laptop, but this is where we are now in life. Uh, Okay, but yeah, okay, let's get into the scariness that I'm going to uh, share with you, and hopefully you'll get scared. That's kind of the goal here as well. We're... Yeah, I don't scare easy. I love scary stories. I'm like, I'm all about them, and I'll like just dive into them. But I, I don't get scared too easy. I do have a few things that scare me a lot. She knows what they are, and we're going to see if you guys pick up on them throughout the episodes. Yeah, that's we have some, maybe. Right. I don't know. I, I think you'll find them scary. But here we go. Um, this is obviously October. It's Halloween season, and I wanted to kind of do more of a traditional type of scary stories and in this case i'm doing haunted houses oh okay yeah i try to pick like things that were you know more traditional um scary so and for all the you out there who are actually looking to buy a house because it seems to be a housing spike right now in the market during the quarantine uh this is going to be the right episode for you because the last thing you want to think about is that the house (laughs) that you might be buying is haunted that is actually true i stumbled a lot on like a lot of stories about just normal houses but these particular ones that i picked out today are your classic mansion type large houses so you know like I'm not, the one in like not, casper you I'm mean or saying, like house on haunted hill or something, yeah exactly right? i'm not saying that everyone that's listening is like as poor as us but i'm just saying <laughs> that if you can afford these houses you know they could be haunted why too. is it always rich people's houses that are haunted <laughs> i mean you'd think there'd be a lot more like haunted ghettos but they don't seem to they be. could be maybe just nobody wants to go there because it's ghetto <laughs> <laughs> the haunted projects <laughs> they're like damn all right <laughs> Okay, um, so the first house is the Borley Rectory. Okay, I haven't heard of this one. It is in England. Makes it's, sense because they say rectory. and They do. <laughs> I actually, okay, because when I, I heard of it, but I was like, I never really used it uh, before. I used like monastery or parish or something like that. Exactly. And I thought, oh, this has to be like super different. Eh, it's more or less the same. Um, oh, yeah. There are some differences, I think, like in the technical term. But other than just having actual, like, leaders of the church living there, that's basically what you need to know. So, uh, yeah, so this one is located in Essex County Hmm. in southern England. You know where that is. We haven't been there yet. No, we haven't. 
but one day. But it's just like north of London. And we've mm-hmm. been to London mm-hmm. that one time. Uh, so this one, okay. It was originally a parish in the 1800s. And the rectory itself was built in 1862. Uh, the Reverend Henry Dawson Ellis Bull lived there. However, despite many local warnings, like people who lived there their whole lives were saying, you know, this land is haunted. Um, there's some weird shit going on here all the time. You really don't want to build your house here. But he did it anyway. He's like, I don't care. He built his home for himself and his uh, wife and 14 children. So 14 kids. <laughs> 14 kids. I guess this probably wouldn't have been as weird at the time. But he no, I mean, 62, they, they had solo, a lot. Right? No, they know. still had a lot of kids back then. Don't get me wrong. But 14 is still high. Like eight, you're like, okay. Yeah. 10, you're like, damn. 14, though? I mean, that's 14 straight years of giving birth for the woman. I mean, the woman was pregnant for essentially 14 years of her life. At the very... Well, I don't know about... Maybe straight. I don't really know what the rules are, but yeah. It's hard to be pregnant right away, but it's usually like you take just a whole year for a pregnancy, right? So she's just like back to back. safely, but I don't know if they were really thinking about that at the time. They're like, you should just keep having kids. I don't know. Um... I mean, I've only been legally able to drink for 14 years. Being able to spend that whole time not drinking. And we have not wasted a day. I'd have a lot more money, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, mm. Damn. All right, 14 kids, keep going. Sorry, I had to that, take that, a little sip there. Um, so in case you guys don't know, that's already the scariest part of the story. Yeah. Damn, 14 kids. So if kids. you don't want kids, this is, this is only going to get worse. Okay. Uh, the uh, So yeah, obviously he built the house right next to um, Benedictine Monastery. And the, uh, to no one's surprise, the family, after building this house, had experienced uh, many hauntings. Uh, it started out with disembodied footsteps within the house and outside. Most often, they would hear the footsteps following them as they walked. Mm. So this is an active ghost. It's not like, you know how sometimes when you can You can say, hear, oh, they're tired because they're lying in bed or something? No. Well, no. I mean, like, I just mean, like, um, there's different types of ghosts, I guess, that Mm -hmm. occur. There's the ones that are just kind of in a time loop. That's how I like to describe them. Like, whether you're there or not, these these footsteps are going to be heard. You just, like, maybe happen to be there to catch it. And then there's the more active ghosts. They are the most active when other people are present because they are kind of draining your energy or the energy of things around them uh, kind of way. And or they just can want manifest. a party. They just want a party. They're like, fuck yes. I finally have some house guests. <laughs> There's some people. <laughs> and uh, so this is what these ghosts are doing. They want to party. They want to party with everyone because they also like to do other things. Like, for example, the servant's bell goes off by itself. Um, one of the young daughters named Ethel would be singled out often. <laughs> and experienced a lot of these hauntings uh when she was in her room the door would often be uh tapped or banged and uh she has even been slapped in the face a few times oh damn okay so that that one a little <laughs> more than just like oh it could be a tree outside it's like a tree didn't walk in and slap you across the face. all right that, that's a real one that's cool that's it was cool. not the wind <laughs> fuck that if someone told me if i got slapped in the face and someone told me it's just the wind i would slap them and be like it was just the wind i would really love to see back then someone trying to find a scientific explanation that's great all right keep going <laughs> Uh, so, um, of course, there were all, also um, countless apparitions appear, and uh, the most often was witnessed is a, is a nun. She was, like, the one that mostly everyone that went there and would see. 
Um, the nun story, this is, I guess, her legend, um, she lived on the property in the 1400s where she fell in love with a young monk from another monastery. And they had plans on abandoning their positions and run away and get married together. But uh, they got caught just before that happened, and they were both punished very severely. How so? Well, the monk was hanged by death, <laughs> I suppose. That's in the like 1800s, the... I don't think that's severe. That's, like, just standard. Right. But then the nun, um, they bricked her in alive. Oh, in the shit. basement. That's just like uh, that one Edgar Allan post story, The Cask of Amontillado, where the guy, he literally bricks in this drunkard that he hates. Oh, it's one of the scariest books we had to read in high school. So good. Well, it wasn't a book. Movie. It was a short story. Man, that's a terrifying way to go. Yeah, so it just reminded me of um, did Haunting they, of Hill House, right? Like, they, Yeah, like, they did something like that in that, too. Yeah. Um, did they... Did they say, was she, like, tied up? Was she unconscious? Or was she, like, just forced to, like, be sad? Or I think I think if there was enough people, there was really little she could do. Because I think, I think the terrifying thing is seeing them brick you up as opposed to, like, waking up and you can't see anything. You don't know where you are. I think seeing them brick you up is scary. I'm guessing she was alive. There was probably no, in my opinion, enough struggle, probably. I don't know if you had enough monks. Uh, yeah, so in essence, I think she got the shit deal, but... I think it was pretty severe. I mean, they both died. So yeah. you have to ask yourself, would you rather die hanging really quickly or would you rather die slowly, bricked up in darkness? I mean, for sure, hanging, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is her story, assuming that's the nun you're seeing. Um, Are there multiple nuns? Well, sort of. Well, <laughs> okay. let me just say. So she's nunish. The outside of the area, so like where she's seen the most, uh, she likes to hang out. It's called a nun's walk. So there really is a, a specific spot. And also, the owner of the house, Henry, the rector, he was uh, so fascinated by this that he decided to build a summer home. It was far away enough to where it was not close to the house, but it was positioned specifically so that he can have a like ringside view to the nun's walk area so he can like watch her. It's a little creepy. You mean the ghost, right? Yeah, so like, the Henry, the, like I said. Yeah, the, no, yeah. but I mean like, so so he's not scared of the ghost. He built no, no, a no. home so he, he can, was actually entertained So by he can this. watch the ghost. Yeah, and he would like sit out there and just hang out, I guess, on his summer nights. Damn, he's got a weird fetish. <laughs> There's a fetish for everything, I hear, so. So, aside from walking around her favorite spot, she likes to also peer through windows. So a lot of times... You'll just see her hanging out watching you. And uh, there's another frequent uh, visitor that's called a phantom coach. Um, The coach is black with two headless riders in the front. That is seen by a lot of people. And not just seen, but heard, apparently. So not just the people of the house. Like, everyone sees this. Right. So, like, other people who have visited. Like, for example, like a gardener or whoever might be on the property will sometimes hear horses like coming down like a coach um yeah so he'll see uh, they'll see him coming down the road up and all the way to the house past the house and then down the road until you'll see it disappear you know just vanish or whatever sure so you know it's a pretty lengthy apparition like do you know what i mean it's pretty strong if people have actually witnessed something like that um so those are two of the ghosts that uh, this family experienced. In 1892, Henry Bull died, 
in the Blue Room of the Rectory, and then soon after, his son, Reverend Henry Foisterbowl, a.k.a. everyone calls him Harry, uh, moved into the house with his family. So, How many kids did he have? You know, I don't know. I didn't actually look. He had a few daughters, so at least. I, I just, so, so are we moving on to the next generation of people now? Basically, but I'm thinking um, at this point, I think his mom still lives there too. So, like, you know, he just, like, kind of moved in. He became, like, the man of the house. So he moved in and brought his brood. So it just got bigger. All I got, all I got to say though, one thing that kind of, when we're talking about a bunch of weird things that people hear, like if you see like a headless horseman or what, I'm like, okay, you see that, that's one thing. But I mean, if you have a house with 14 kids, you're gonna hear a lot of noises. That I'm you're also not guessing used to. by this point because it's been, you know, like 30 years. I'm guessing maybe Long some of his daughters, like they got married and then moved out. Is usually how it goes. Um, that's my guess. Um, oh, they, they, yeah. So, <laughs> unless they're Spencer's, because that, <laughs> that would be what, age 15? Right, right. <laughs> if you're not married yet. Uh, yeah, so again, Henry Bull, Harry, I'm going to refer to him as that now. For whatever reason, when they moved in, the activity actually got even stronger. Uh, more things started to occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And Maybe it's because the guy who died actually, like, encouraged it, and he's gone now. His dad, you mean? Yeah. Well, but, you know, he's the guy who literally built a house so you could watch him some ghostly non-action, so... Yeah, maybe he's like, this is my jam. This is exactly but what I want to do. maybe him passing away meant he had actually encouraged all this increased activity, and now that he's gone, every, the activity is now getting exposed to everyone else, or maybe the ghosts are pissed he's gone, or... I don't know. His ideas... Maybe. Maybe they just don't like Harry. Uh, So Harry himself witnessed full apparitions in the garden. While he was in the garden, he noticed the dog uh, was freaked out and whimpering behind a tree. He goes over to investigate, and the closer he gets, he notices legs walking through the foliage. So he can't really, like, make out the full body right away. So, like, human legs or something. It's not like like another dog. No, no, no. Okay. No. Uh, then when he, uh, finally sees the person, what comes around the corner and he just doesn't have a head. Being headless in this area is pretty common. Uh, that's just one story from Harry. Harry also claimed to have seen the phantom coach himself as well. And, uh, he said the time that he saw it, it was completely silent. Well, not see it. I guess he heard it this one time. And it was super eerie because when he, um, heard it, he thought legitimately someone was coming down the road. And it was dark, so he couldn't really see anything. He's like, should be coming up pretty soon. And then he'd hear it getting closer and closer, which is a point where he freaked out and got out of the way and then felt, he could literally feel like the ground underneath him and, you know, what it would feel like if a coach was passing by you, pass by, like the wind and everything. And then he would hear it all down the road going past him until what would normally sound of what a coach sounds like when it's out of earshot. So, you know what I mean? Like, he even he's like, I don't know. Like, this is my experience. But, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. On July 28th, 1900, Ethel and Freda, Frida, maybe it's Frida. It's F-R-E-D-A. E-E? Just one E. Freda? Man, it's hard to say. I don't know. Freda. You know, I believe Freda. I mean, remember that, like, back then they tried to make a lot of man names... Feminine, like, like there was literally a Theodosia. So maybe it was like Frederick or Fred, and they're like just add an A, and they're like Freda. Exactly, I'd believe it. Okay. Watch well. if somebody listens, like it's Freda. 
It's like, it is Frida. She's like, you bitch. Um, <laughs> I love Frida. There are dozens of us. The uh, So Ethel, you remember the little girl that got slapped when she was a kid? Mm-hmm. Well, she's a little older now. And ah, her, so she hasn't moved out. No, oh, no, it doesn't seem like it. So uh, Ethel and Freda. So maybe they spaced out their banging pretty far. Yeah. Maybe they did that. She could be really young. Maybe she's like 14. Like the 14th. You know what I mean? Kid or something. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, not 14. I don't know. Maybe she is. Maybe she is. Um, so Freda Bull. Who I believe, yeah, that's also uh, Harry's sister, were walking back from a party. when And when they got on the property, they noticed there was a woman walking out by the trees. And so they were like, well, let's go see what she wants because she's just like hanging out and it's pretty dark. They could see that the woman was dressed in black like a nun uh, the closer that they got. And they also then started noticing that she was more gliding. Mm. So one of the sisters was so freaked out that she just ran away and left her sister. And then, but she went to the house to get help. So she was just like, holy shit. So they go in and they tell her, their other sister, you know, there's a ghost in the garden. You have to like come out here right now. And Elsie didn't believe her, but you know, she's like, I'll go check it out with you anyway. And when they arrived, the ghost turned around and appeared right in front of her. Kind of like, I don't know if it's transported would be the right term, but you know. It manifested itself It came to her, yeah. But nothing happened to them. Nothing happened they to them. They just got scared. They got really scared. Yeah, but okay. Elsie's now a believer. Right. So apparently she didn't really experience a lot of things is what I'm gathering, which would be really so weird. So was this another headless apparition? No, this was a nun. Oh, this was the nun, the normal nun. Okay, the normal. she wasn't a headless nun. She wasn't headless, okay. as far as I know. I think okay. they would have mentioned that. That would have been really creepy. The, uh, oh, so there was a traveling carpenter who worked various jobs you know, everywhere. He wasn't even a local from that area, but he was hired on to do jobs on the the property. Sure. And this guy saw a nun four times in two weeks. Damn. It wasn't until he saw her the fourth time that he realized it wasn't a real woman. So, so do you think it's because it's so easy to dismiss because this property's right next to the That's exactly what he thought. He said, okay, there's just a nun out there. But then he wouldn't, like, pay attention to her, so maybe he wasn't really noticing that she was, like, gliding or that immediately disappeared. So it wasn't until he actually saw her the fourth time that he saw her disappear. So So for you ghost listening, um, blend into your environment if you don't want to be seen. It seems to work. (laughs) Act natural. Yeah, if you're in a construction site, look like a construction worker ghost, and boom, no one's going to think twice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Like I said, I think this one was the coolest story because he wasn't a local. He didn't know anything about the hauntings. And And he he didn't live there. No, he didn't live there. He didn't... um, hear about it from anyone really he was just there to do a job like i said he was a traveling carpenter guy like a handyman and so he was just like this is another house for all i know and then he sees that shit and he's probably like well not coming back to this town uh in 1927 harry died so now we're gonna move on from that point because i guess like in history that's when time matters yeah is when the patriarch you know what i mean yeah um he also actually died in the blue room, just like his dad. So that's a, um, a little detail I feel like I need to mention. And to this day, people believe they do see him in the house as well. So was it called a blue room because it was painted blue? Or is blue room actually a common term for a type of room in a house? Because I've heard that term more than a few times. So Are I they... think when I saw a picture, I think it was actually blue. Okay. Because I've just heard the term blue room enough that I'm like, is it just a room that has to be blue? Or is it like have a social well, I significance? I mean... 
what I mean is like when they say blue room, when I looked at it, it looked like a bedroom. And so okay. I'm guessing it wasn't like wasn't like a social, social function room. Right. But then uh yeah, like I said, he is still seen on the property, so unlike his dad, who we jokingly said, you know, like, oh maybe that's why he got stronger because sure. he's around. Maybe, but no one's ever made contact, like mediums who'd like gone by and yeah. um or paranormal investigators, anyone who's like asking questions. But it seems like Harry himself, he is hanging out. From the, what I understand. This sounds like From I'm, the recording of the ghosts that are in this house, no sign of the senior. So he's interesting. Yeah. Um and it would seem like the senior would be the one who's hanging out because he loved ghosts so much. I know. That's what I think is there. Maybe he's hanging out in the summer house. Any words on whether or not the son had any interest in the ghosts, like his dad, or, or you didn't read anything it like that? It didn't seem like it. Okay. It's just more like he also experienced them, so he did believe in it, obviously, but he wasn't, you know, in, amused as much. Okay. Um, I am not amused. I'm not amused. <laughs> the It wasn't until Reverend Guy Eric Smith... Guy Eric Smith. Yes, um, and his family moved in. Soon after, while the Miss, Mrs. Smith was cleaning furniture that's already there, um, and so she's dusting, and there's existing furniture in the area because, as you know, like it's kind of like the property of the church itself, so that way people who are rectors can go in there, reverends, Absolutely. whatever. Um, so, yeah, she went into the basement to clean the cupboard, and there she discovered a paper bag, and in the bag... She found a woman's skull. Okay, wait a minute. You and me both know from taking <laughs> osteology that when it comes to a skull... I think it was later determined. Okay, I was like, because even to this day, you can't even guarantee you can give a percentage of his, it's probably female or probably male or it's relative neutral. It's all on a scale. So, like, I'm thinking these people didn't take osteology and, like... This is the 20s, right? Because I remember thinking the Roaring Twenties when this the guy the, uh, yeah, guy 1927 in. is when they made yeah, it. And it would have been that year, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, I I highly doubt they just were able unless unless it had like <laughs> like hair and or jewelry. Maybe with it, it or had something. a bow on it. God, Jace, you're so ignorant. Maybe it had lipstick <laughs> on its non-existent lips. God, that's disgusting. Um, maybe she had a little bit of lipstick in her teeth. Still. All right, so they found a probably woman's skull. Jeez, we're gonna get technical. <laughs> Let's get if I'm gonna get scared, it's gotta be accurate. <laughs> it's gotta be scientifically proven. Yeah. Okay, well you're gonna be waiting for a minute. Um Uh-oh. to no one surprised, after she found the skull, the activity increased even more. Ooh, so it's a special skull. Yes, it was a paranormal skull. Not just your regular skull. Not like <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that skull. It's boring. Not There's like no you and ghost. I skulls. There's like, no ghost there. Yeah. This is a special one. Uh the things that they would experience that were more common or frequent is um, tapping on the walls. Mm-hmm. They would hear whispers throughout the house. Objects would move on their own. Their servant's bell would go off still, but this time it was disconnected. So there were no more wires. Oh, so, so there's like no reason where somebody would be like, oh, Ethel, I know you're fucking around. All right, so sounds like there's a lot of repetition of the kinds of hauntings, right. which is kind of cool. I like that it's consistent. So here's the most important question. How many slaps were there? <laughs> well, Ethel doesn't live there anymore, so the slaps have ceased. <laughs> Ethel was the only one who deserved yeah. to be slapped. <laughs> the ghosts are saying, they're like, man. Have you we, met Ethel? We've been haunted for like 60, 70 years, but there was there was one bitch, man. Woo, had to slap her. <laughs> had to slap the ugly off her face. <laughs> Didn't work. No, just 
Oh my god, poor Ethel. I actually feel bad for her. Okay. All right. So, is there anything new? So, I know you mentioned that they cut the wires. That's interesting. I would assume though, Servant's Bell back in the 1800s probably wasn't electric. No, they were wired. They oh, were like oh. you know connect, oh, connected. Oh, oh, gotcha. On a so, wire. so you're not, not saying electric. So you mean it's no, like no, no, a, a no. rope on pulleys and stuff? Okay. Right. That makes a lot more sense. I was kind of a little weird. So, so Servant's Bell is disconnected. Anything new? Uh, there are a few things. So let me go and try to do this chronologically because it kind of gets a little weird. Um, okay. Eventually, the Smiths was completely fed up and decided they needed help. They're actually going to be active about it and, and just, you know, get some answers. Um, so they reached out to their local newspapers to have someone come out and basically, you know, kind of review the area and, and the family. And then that way they can, like, post it into so the So assume newspaper. they either got a religious official so or they, a medium or something. So they got the reporter to go out to the house. Like, from the local newspaper. It's just a reporter. Okay. To interview everyone. And then uh, once he got all the information that he needed, I don't know if he experienced anything. I don't think I read something about that. Maybe he did. Um, but it was enough information for him to feel like they were going to print it and, like, kind of put the word out. Word. So they did. And Harry Price came in. He is basically... Did you know his name? Do you know who that is? No. Oh, okay. Um, no, I, at first I got confused because there was a Harry previously, but his last name wasn't Price. So I was like, wait, wait a minute. Oh, right, right. Okay. So I, I, got, I, I got... There's a, a lot of Harrys in this uh, story. Okay, just kidding. People were Harry back then. <laughs> he is essentially the godfather of the paranormal investigations. Like, what, he's I don't know if he's considered literally the first. Maybe it is because he was so... He helped start the paranormal. Popular and famous. Them. Yeah, he's kind of the guy, like, when he first originally started out doing this... Um, it was his basic goal to debunk a lot of this. So he wasn't going in there because he was, you know, oh, I believe in everything and I need everyone to know that it's real. He was more like, everyone is such full of shit and everyone's scared that I'm going to go out there, be the first person to really investigate, like from scientific, scientific point, right? You know, whatever science they had available to them at that point. I will be doing a more thorough, probably, story about him because he just visits so many houses um, that you know and stories that you know. Sure. And, uh, you know, his history. So, uh, so he cool. comes to this house. He does. All right. So this house isn't just insignificant. It's got... It's not just your average house. This is a Harry Price level house. Harry Price. The yeah. price is right. The price was right. It was high <laughs> enough. The stakes are high here. Uh, the, uh, yeah, so he was, he was basically going to go and try to debunk, I think, um, from what I understand his style. Um, so one source says that as soon as Price entered the house and began his investigations, there were an, in, there were the increased paranormal activity that was occurring was still there. So he saw. You got to see it. It wasn't like, oh, just because you're here, it all stops. Yeah. You got to see it. All right. Yeah. Um, Objects are actually flying towards people. Nice. Yeah. Did he see this? Yeah. He was there. Oh, shit. This is stuff that I guess he recorded later. And he also had like a giant team of uh, freaking investigators. I think I wrote it maybe somewhere down here, but it was like up to like 40 people that he had people going in and out. He had a whole society thing going on, too. God, was he rich? I'm guessing eventually, if not already, but yeah. He had resources. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, pebbles would hit the house and come rolling down the stairs. So actual like rocks. Uh, to make things even weirder, tapping was used to communicate with the mirror frame from the blue room. So even when they took it down or like try to communicate through it, they'll ask it questions. It would you would hear it tap. 
Like it was saying yes or no. Interesting. Yeah. Um, screams can be heard from the basement. Oh, nice. <laughs> and after the investigation... Because I love basements. I know you love basements. So <laughs> My favorite room Who doesn't ever. love a good moldy basement? Damp, wet, dark, everything. Yeah, do. and you know... A bricked up lady. I mean, <laughs> the bricked up lady. Yeah, not every house comes with that these days. You really gotta look for it. You really have to fish it out. It's just really uncommon. Um, so where was I? Da-da-da, the whole situation. The mirror was is tapping. Out of control. Oh yeah, the, the mirror. Um, so after the investigation, um, he Harry Price actually did write several articles, uh, which unfortunately for the Smiths caused a lot of people visiting the property. The whole situation was too much for them, and eventually they moved out. They were like... Who bought it, though? Well, here we go. Oh, right. Enter next mail. (laughs) Yeah. So the family that doesn't like the hauntings, hates it, doesn't build a house in which to watch the hauntings, they fuck off. I like that family. They make sense. Yeah. Now, the family we're about to read about who has to know what was going on there, they're the ones I'm going to be judging. They do, because... Well, yeah. I mean... So, after the property had been abandoned for some time, Reverend Lionel Algernon Foister and his family moved in on October 1930. He is the cousin of the previous owners. And so, they were more than aware that this place is haunted. Shit was bad. Yeah. And the Foisters experienced the same hauntings as the previous residents, but they were more malevolent activity that occurred towards the Reverend's wife. Mm. And her name was Marianne. Her accounts include having objects thrown at her. Uh, she was pushed off her bed, and she was slapped. Oh, yeah! The slaps have so returned. The slaps continue. Sounds like she was a hussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in addition to that, the family experienced doors locking and unlocking on their own. Um, the there were also writings that would appear on the wall. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah, they would appear. Now that's creepy. They would appear and disappear. So that's creepy. Yeah. So the, uh, of course, the creepy part, it was mostly addressed to Marianne as well. To who? Marianne. Really? Yeah. So she was slapped and was sent letters. So from the great beyond. Man, that ghost got like, it's an abusive relationship. Marianne, get out. Get out. Yeah. So the some of the things that would say, and this is just like a little sample from an article. It said, Marianne, help get. And then another one would say, please, for help and prayers. All right. So for any of you who's uh, who's on the subreddit, um, don't dead open inside. <laughs> uh, it's, it's now like a thing in signs to like try to write, you know, sentence structures interestingly, but they, they'll become almost impossible to read. I'm just imagining these signs, like, just the ghost didn't write it in the right order, and we're just interpreting it wrong, I think. as Maybe they were trying to be cryptic, though, too, because Mary- Marianne, help, get, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic. What uh, if it was supposed to say, get Marianna help? Because they're like, <laughs> she's got a drug problem, <laughs> and the ghosts were worried. They're like, dude, even I'm worried, and she's like an I'm opium, in hell. She's an opium head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is what? So this this now, so a family moved out, so we're, we're how many years later? Are we this in the 30s, 40s, 50s? Okay, we're in 30s? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, opium addiction was a big thing, then. Yeah. So the family attempted to have the house exercised twice, but nothing helped. 
Uh, every no, even Harry Price did a second visit and recorded these strange phenomenon. One incident that he recorded was how he, uh, two wine bottles that he brought, so and they were sealed. One of them turned into perfume, mm. and the other one turned into ink. So why did he bring wine with him? <laughs> He's a boozer. Well, I, I know there's something wrong Jeez, with that's me. that's something with... we would do. We're like, I have to investigate. I'm <laughs> yeah. bringing fucking wine. Uh, people need my help. They have a haunted house. I'll bring the wine. <laughs> Guys, I'll bring the wine. <laughs> wine party. Wine party at the haunted house. Wine and ghosts. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That should be our podcast. Wine and ghosts. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, he brought the wine. And that... That, that's just like a weird thing. So he also reported that. He put that in his official notes. Uh, in 1935, so five years later, the Foister family moved out of the home, but they claimed it was because the Reverend was sick and not the hauntings. So I don't know why they felt the need to be like, it wasn't because I was scared, okay? It it's because they wanted to sell the house. Oh my God, that's so... Do- I didn't even fucking think I'm, of that. No, I'm, I'm serious. Like, they literally were like, oh, the hauntings, they're, they're fine now. Uh, he's just real sick. Yeah. We need to go he's- somewhere. Sick else. of these ghosts. We got the ghosts. Yeah. Here. So you can totally have this house. The hauntings are fine. Wow. I didn't even think of that. Okay. So the rectory stayed vacant for two years because church officials uh, decided to no longer allow anyone to live there. Um, but that's until Harry Price himself convinced them to let him live there for a year. But he wasn't really living there. He wanted to rent the property for a year to investigate. So he'd go in and out with people. And this is the part where I, what I meant. Um, is this the world's first haunted house attraction? I'm just kidding. I just That sounds like Harry's like, I'm going to make bank. I would make bank. <laughs> this is how you got rich? Yeah, he's like, I'll sell wine. Um, and <laughs> I'll then, sell ink, <laughs> perfume, and wine. Yeah. As my parting Never favors. know what you're going to get. <laughs> oh my God, it's the worst wine. <laughs> fucking roulette. I would not play. Drink it. <laughs> All right, keep going. Sorry, um, sorry. I didn't mean to keep it He also, so he needed help because it was such a like big project for him. And then that's when he uh, put out um, for assistance for investigators. So I guess to answer your question, yeah, um, I think I jumped the gun on how many investigators were there before. He did have assistance prior, but but now this is when operation. This is yeah, because like this is when he was renting the area and he had pretty much free reign. Obviously, he he can do whatever the hell he wants, and he ended up hiring forty eight investigation investigators and observers, so to take notes and stuff. And on March twenty seventh. In 1938, he conducted. He dunked. He dunked. It. He dunked. It. <laughs> um, he conducted a planchette seance. Planchette, right? That's how you say it. Yeah, planchette. Yeah. So, so he did a With Ouija colleagues. board. Yeah. Right, but not Ouija board. But like the same thing that's on a Ouija board. So, is like the, it's, they, it's an object that allows you to channel ghost energy. Yeah. So it's channeling, and then also what they would use because the original planchette, or one of the originals, I suppose. Um, had a pencil at the end of it. Oh, for at writing the beak and stuff. Oh, area. Nice. So it had the same uh, spirit of what you were saying, like gotcha. to give messages, but the ghosts would write them and they would kind of like draw pictures or like whatever communicate that way. Um, and I guess eventually they were like, you know, I'm just going to spell out the alphabet for you. You tell me what It'd it is. It'd be so amazing if one of the first drawings a ghost did was of it slapping somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that one time? It's Ethel. <laughs> Like, it's all it cares. Dude, this one time I totally slapped up. <laughs> Alright, anyway, okay. Tell me about the planchette. Um, so they did that. And the 
And that night they contacted two spirits, so they were able to talk to two. Who were any of them? The previous guys, like Harry or so. The one of them was a Catholic nun. This is what we have a nun number two. Did she like her house? Her that was built to watch her. Well, this isn't the same one, probably. Oh, okay, okay, just a nun. Okay, my bad. I don't know. Maybe it is because okay, now this kind of raises questions. Which nun is the nun? None of them. <laughs> Damn it. Dad joke. Okay. All right, keep going. Why did you slap? <laughs> Are you slapping Ethel? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay. Um, so nun number two enters the chat, and she is being channeled by, I guess, there's also mediums and stuff like that. Yeah, so this is like a proper seance. Yeah, right, a proper seance. Um, and she tells the story. That she is from around the 1700s, named Marie. Uh, so this is French, and I don't ever know. I think Try it's it out. I think it's Marie Lar. Lair. How's it spelled? I'm curious. I can't do French Lair, either. Lair. Lair. Um, L A I R R E. Ooh, wow, that is hard. I I I can't do French, but so Lair. I don't know. Yep, that's it. <laughs> I'm just gonna call her Marie. Um, who moved from a nunnery in France to another nunnery in England, which is this area. Um, and there she met Henry Walnengrave, who used to live in a house that once stood at the same spot. So she didn't, okay, so I guess she didn't go to nunnery in that area, but she met the guy who used to live on the property that is haunted now. Gotcha. And started dating him. Uh, so let's see. She eventually married him and lived in the house as well until one night Harry went crazy and strangled her to death and then buried her down in the cellar. So she is down there as well with So that was a love match. With the bricked nun. Or yeah, so now there's two nuns down there. Wait, what the one who's bricked up was a nun? Yeah, because remember she her a, a nun and like Oh that's right, that's a, right. A monk got Sorry, we're hearing about so many people moving I in know, and out, it's hard to keep track. No no no, I know. And you can ask me questions. So I'm there are mad. two people in this dead people in this basement. And there was hauntings before this happened. Jeez, what are they trying to do now? Well, no, this is from the seance that they're hearing about. So this was seventeen hundred. So oh, she okay, already... so they're hearing about the previous stories. Okay, what so so there was already the second dead body. So real quick recap. There's yeah, my a bad. seance is occurring. They channel the nun, and she tells them she's from the 1700s. So she's yeah, been down Yeah, you actually said that, and my brain got confused. Oh, no, there. no, it's okay. We're drinking. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm beginning to understand the source of the haunting now. Okay, it's, I mean, it's, it's making sense it's starting to now. build up I'm getting it with now. dead bodies. I'm understanding. Yeah. And it was, let me see. Um, yeah, so she's, she's down there. She's dead. She's in the cellar. And Price believes that she was the spirit that was trying to communicate with Marianne Foister while she lived there. When I read this passage or, like, in one of the articles, I was like, okay, cool. But they don't give you information, like, why this one specifically. Um, but he had reasons. I haven't read any of his books. And when I tried looking up um, specific, like, notes that he's had and more information, they're like, do you want to buy this book? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I'm dead. <laughs> so then I go on YouTube and read a bunch of people's information that don't want to buy the book either. So they don't have the information. So now we're just a bunch of people with sharing information without buying, misinformation. without buying the book. So we don't have everything. <laughs> How 21st century of us to spread misinformation rapidly. Without How dare you advantage. ask me to buy a book for $3. <laughs> I will not verify these facts. <laughs> yeah. So the second spirit that they were able to contact uh, that night was named Sonic's Amours. Amur? 
whatever. This entity told them that the rectory would burn that night, and when they cleared ashes, they would find bones of a murdered victim. So that yes. goes to something like, you're all going to burn tonight. It didn't, though. So they were all right. Oh, it didn't burn down? Not, no. Not that night, like it said. But uh, after that, either he had enough information or he just decided to, like, move on. He um, didn't renew his lease. So he only stayed there for a year. He got bored. Yeah, he was like, I'm all right. Um, In December 1938, Captain William Hart Gregson purchased the property and moved in. He also claimed to experience paranormal hauntings. Even his dog was so terrified of the place that he ended up running away. Damn, what are you, a pupper? Yeah, the dog's like, I'm out. I'd rather live in the streets. Thanks. So the house might be haunted, or it could just be thunder. It could be <laughs> a little bit of both. A few months later, on February 27th, so this was in December, now it's February next year, so, okay, so 39, Gregory accidentally knocks over an oil lamp, causing the whole house to set on fire. Oh, shit. So when they did the sands, the guy was just really bad with telling dates. Yeah, maybe he <laughs> didn't know. He's like, dude, I'm from, like, the 1400s. I don't know what day it is. Uh, yeah, and I guess the place did end up burning to the ground. And uh, before it went up in flames completely, people claimed to have witnessed that there was a, a nun looking from a window in the upstairs room. So they saw the nun one last time in the house. Once again, we don't know which nun this is. Nope. She should have like a name tag or something. Yeah. I mean, seriously, there's a lot of nuns. <laughs> yeah. So that was like, I guess, one of the last hauntings of the house that people witnessed before it burned down. Did they find bones of victims? Well, they found that one skull. Oh, you know what? I think they did. Um, I don't know if I... Here, let me... Let's keep going. I wrote these, like, (laughs) a few days ago. The bones have been there for 20 years. (laughs) 10 years. Okay. Um, In 1943, Harry Price returned to the rectory. But it was burned down. I'm just kidding. No, (laughs) it was burned down. Wait, you returned to a pile of ash? Yes, to do some excavation. Oh, okay, okay, okay. While he was there excavating in the cellar, he found bone fragments and a female's jawbone. So maybe he had it studied. Once again, probably a female's jawbone. <laughs> but I think, like, he really was going in and, you know, providing information. Like, anything that he gathered, he would give to scientists and be like, what the hell is this? Or Interesting. Something. Yeah. So eventually the entire rectory was demolished and the activity in that area stopped. There were still some hauntings in the church and cemetery, people say. But um, it seems to not be, like, as strong as it was when the so house was So the finished. house was quite literally haunted. I think they were attached to the house. Yeah, so it wasn't like the house was on an Indian burial ground where everything there is haunted. It definitely felt like the house was part right. of the Right. I don't think they had the same kind of Indian burial ground issues as we do in the States, so. Well, I mean, the United States everywhere <laughs> is essentially an Indian burial ground because the people lived here for thousands of years. I was like, because they were They're here. Buried they everywhere. were literally <laughs> living here. Um, and they buried everywhere. Yeah. And again, when people go there for any investigations, they tend to go to the church. And in the church, people can hear disembodied footsteps. They might hear the organ playing on its own. Um, They do say that there's still none walking around in the grave, too. Maybe she just, like, changed location. Um, Yeah, so Harry Harry Price ended up writing two books about this specific house. And uh, unfortunately died when he was writing a third, but... Uh, yeah, it tells you every single encounter that he experienced while he was there, and he does say, and he believes, that the Borley Rectory was the most haunted house in England. 
Wow. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. So uh, they should make that into a movie and call it The Slapping. (laughs) The Slappening? (laughs) The Slappening. They actually do have a movie called The Borley Rector, I think. Really? But I didn't look into it. Um, It didn't look very good. It's hard to make a movie that takes place over like 50 years of hauntings. That's true. That's got to be difficult. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many biopics when they keep skipping around and get over it? I don't know about you, but I think I need a refill. I'm running a little dry. Yeah. I think we should get some more beer. We'll be back in just like a few minutes, guys. Yeah. How long would it take to pour a beer? Come on. (laughs) Okay. So we're back from a little uh, break that we had. It was just a small break. A whole day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we are on story two. And this one is The Haunted Limp Mansion. It's got a lot to live up to. I have an incredibly high slapping expectation for this one. <laughs> we'll see how many slaps you get this time. Yeah. Okay. Better be some. This one is in St. Louis, Missouri. In the so, Missouri? In the Missouri. So, just, we're going to go. Hey, we might drive through St. Louis Yeah, next I was going to say, we probably will be see there. See the big old somewhere. arch? It's cool. Yeah. So, this is, all, this is... One of the top 10 haunted houses in America. According to... According to the websites I visited yesterday. All right. All right. <laughs> so so according to people who don't have any credit, but just... Yeah. You know. And a YouTube channel I watched. So Sweet. I think that's got a lot of cred. Factcheck.org this shit. <laughs> I need to know if it's the top haunted top. house. Yeah, it is. So just bear with me. Uh, this story begins with Johan Adam Lemp, who migrated from, I looked it up how to pronounce it, Eschweg. Did you say migrated from? Oh <laughs> like my he's a bird? Immigrated. <laughs> <laughs> Immigrated, jeez. <laughs> he, he migrated north for the winter. <laughs> yes, he was, actually. Okay, so where is Johan so from? So he's a big bird, so. Yeah, so where is Johan from? Eschweg. 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 Uh, Germany to St. Louis. He migrated. Um, In 1838, he owned his own grocery store in which he also sold his own beer that he brewed. Oh, nice. um, From a recipe that he had passed down from his father. Johan's my kind of guy. Yeah, it was a light lager beer, and so it was really just super new for the American um, beer industry, I guess, at the time. It oh, yeah, you didn't give us a date, dark. right? So when would this be? 1938. 1838 is what Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mid-1800s, okay. Um, well, that's when 18... German beer, that's right around the time when it started getting really big. Yeah. Uh, I know you know a lot of the history, so that's why I try to be accurate with the history part, but we'll see what I did. You can let me know if I'm like, uh, no, that wasn't true. Because I know you read, like, multiple books, right? I don't know. Yeah, the history. What was it, one book? I've read two books on the history of <laughs> okay. beer in America. That's yeah. more books than me. Um, okay, so. Well, on beer. I know, on beer, <laughs> I understand. You definitely read way more books than me I just mean, yeah, but mine are, like, fake e- history. Because like they're fiction. fiction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, passed down from his father, uh, and he was doing so well that just in two years, he was able to open up his own brewery. Uh, and actually, that brewery, from what I understand, was located like literally right next to where the arches would be built eventually. Oh, cool! Because you know the were later. We probably uh, wanted to be near a river because of the water. Exactly, and that yes, that would be super smart. Um, as time went on, the production of his brewery also kept growing from uh, just even 
to having his own brewery. He needed to expand even more. So he went out and searched for a location and he found some limestone caves just south of the city limits. So there's some caves going <laughs> I on. need to expand my business. <laughs> Anyone know of any caves around here? <laughs> I just got an idea. It was just, I guess, the perfect environment because it's always like 60 degrees yeah, or some it's shit a like cell, that. Yeah, it's a cellar temperature exactly. for lagering. So, yeah. so they were like, uh, this is perfect to store my friggin' beer without you know, yeah, no, doing a whole lot. Uh, from there, Lemp Brewing... No, sorry. The name of the brewery, I guess, was Lemp Western Brewing Company. So it just continued to grow and prosper. Um, 1858, he entered it into the St. Louis Fair and won... Nice. I just, I think I just put that in there because I was like, I don't know. I like winning. Was it a blue ribbon? Was it a, like kind of the same thing as what Paps did, but I don't know. That was at the World's Fair. Yeah, Chicago. so I don't think it that was. That was a much bigger event. I guess so. Same that list. meant Paps was the best beer in the world. <laughs> that this, one year? Yeah, yeah. This one just means it might be the best beer at the fair in St. Louis that year. That year, yeah. Uh, so, anyway. Nice try. Paps is better. Yeah, nice try. Lemp. Um, 1862, Adam Lemp died. He was like 64. It's because he didn't get the best beer in the world. He was like, wow, I guess I should just die. (laughs) (laughs) Tuesday, to-do list, die. (laughs) It was to brew another beer, but apparently not. Um, About this time, uh, his family was actually pretty much millionaires anyway, so it didn't... uh, Not that it didn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for all the money, Dad. I guess what I Uh. meant was... They were pretty well off, so, like, they were able to, like, continue. You know what I mean? They weren't just, like... It didn't destroy the company. Right. So his son, William (laughs) Lemp... Yeah, it didn't matter. (laughs) Jeez, you're evil. See you, Dad. Uh, So his uh, son, William Lemp, uh, took over the brewery and decided to expand it, and he... Did he think about changing the name, or...? (laughs) No, because he still has his last name, too, so it would be weird if he did by this point. Um... It consisted of 27 buildings on a 13.7 acreage of land, which is 55,442 square meters-ish. Uh, by 1870, Lemp pretty much um, owned St. Louis Market of beer, so they were kind of a big deal. And then they uh, they ended up buying, or not buying, uh, building a house right next door, their brewery, so that they can like be near their production. And so William also decided, you know, it'd be a really good idea if I build a fucking tunnel from my house to the caves of the brewery, because why the fuck not? And then he also thought it would be a really good idea to um, build a theater, a large swimming pool, and a bowling area. This is a big damn cave. It's a really fucking big cave from what I understand. Yeah, and How he also- have I not heard of this brewery if it was that big? Well, cause... you will know why, my friend. So. Okay, because I was like, uh, there's another massive brewery <laughs> that owns St. Louis, and it sure as hell ain't Lemp. It's not Lemp anymore, maybe, but yeah. Yeah, well, unless it changed its name to Budweiser, <laughs> um, I'm confused. So, so he okay, okay, so I guess the house was already built there. I think I just read my notes wrong because I finally decided to really read them. Um, the house already existed. And he already lived there. His dad had built it, I guess. But he was a guy who, like, made it super extravagant, I guess. Like, he was just, uh... Because it already had, like, 30-plus rooms, but I guess that wasn't enough. Yeah. Uh, eight, by 1890, Lemp Brewery was distributing throughout the country. And he helped his friends, Paps, 
Anheuser and Bush. That's probably why. And like he helped them get their brewery started. Anyway, despite their unsurmountable success of the family, they couldn't escape tragedy. In 1901, William's favorite son died when he was 28 from heart failure. And he died in the mansion. So he stuck with his other lesser favorite sons, I guess. And three years uh, after that, his friend Frederick Papps died. He was pretty depressed at this point. I mean, he had already been deteriorating physically and mentally since his son passed away. But I guess, like, this really just went, made him go spiraling into depression. So he ended up shooting himself in the head and died. Damn. Yeah. Uh, when he shot himself, his son, uh, William Jr., ran up the stairs, knocked down the door because it was locked, and found his father dead in his room. This comes up again, so just remember that fact. Uh, William Lemp Jr. took over the family business, and he inher- inherited the entire fortune. Uh, 1904, he and his wife, Lillian, moved in and proceeded to spend tons of money. Like, this kid was super spoiled, and he... Yeah, just spending tons of money on art, clothes, traveling, just all kinds of shit. Um, Side note is Lillian was obsessed with lavender. Not just the color, but the scent as well. So that's just something that you all have to remember. Also, just remember everything I'm saying. I didn't know there was going to be a quiz at the end. There is, and it's going to be hard. And it's not open book, so be ready. William Jr. was also a bit controlling, and he liked uh, to have sex with other women. (laughs) He also didn't really want his wife around, so he told her. He literally was like... You have to go out and spend $1,000 a day or else I will cut you off. He, like, forced her to be out shopping and stuff like that. He's a smart guy. And <laughs> why would that be a smart guy? No, if I, no I, I'm being sarcastic. I mean, Stacey's like, uh, you should spend money or I'm going to cut you off. It's like, this This is before credit cards and, like, electronic things. He gives you $1,000. You go and you, like, say, oh, yeah, I spent it at, like, the theater Watching a play, and then you theater. Sp- and then you stuff the money in your pocket. Before you know it, you've got a shit ton of money. I think she probably had to like be out is a point and really spend it because I, I'm gonna go ahead and assume that he's gonna figure out that the theater isn't a thousand dollars. So I don't know. He sounds like an idiot. To me. Um, but to buy today's standards, because I just like double checked, it's with inflation or whatever, it would be equal to twenty six thousand two hundred ninety dollars. And 91 cents a day, yeah. Man, I'd have a hard time spending that in a fucking month. Honestly, I would just... But I don't like... I don't do extravagant things because I don't like them. Oh my God, shut up. We don't have any money. (laughs) I know, I know. But I was like, even if we did, like, I don't think to myself, man, if I was rich, I want like a Lamborghini. I I wouldn't spend that much money. I'm like, "Mm." No, like... You would have a a Moon Knight mansion. I would. Everything would be Moon Knight themed. (laughs) I'd have Moon Knight toilet, Moon Knight sink. And then you would tell me... Spend a thousand dollars a day, so I can be. But home. not inflation, considering you would just tell me a thousand dollars. Or, or else I'll cut you off. So you can be with Moon Knight all so day. So I could just <laughs> roll around on my Moon Knight carpet. Get <laughs> <laughs> uh. between me and my loves. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, so I guess it worked because Lillian was out of his way, and he would. You know, run the brewery by day and then have fancy, sexy parties in the cave later. By and night. Then, so by instead night. of being a superhero, he's, he's the just worst a superhero. <laughs> His superpower is Pim, so. <laughs> so, so gross. This guy is fucking terrible. He's the worst. Um, so, and it just gets worse, I think. So. With um, his sexy parties, he entertained his friends, prostitutes, had free beer, and they all hung out at the pool. Kind of sounds fun. Minus prostitutes. I don't know if I really need that part. 
but I would really totally dig being in a pool cave. So, unsurprisingly, William Jr. eventually got another woman pregnant, and there was no official document to record this because it was something that he didn't really want anyone to ever know, but he um, still took in the child for some reason and kept him in the attic (coughs) his whole life. What? Yeah. Now, because there's no official documents, it's kind of one of those things that people are like, I don't know, did it really happen? But, you know, later when servants, uh, people who, like, lived, not, well, lived there because they worked there, um, would verify, be like, yeah, there's, he keeps his un- illegitimate child in the attic. And, to make matters worse, they named him Monkey Face Boy because he has Down Syndrome. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what? I was about to say a joke the until fuck? you until you dropped that. <laughs> you piece of and then I was like, there is no jokes that are appropriate. I was that kid so pissed. Has the worst life ever. But whatever, this guy's a douchebag. Uh, William eventually made it official and divorced his wife in 1908. I guess it was such a big scandal, people would actually go to like court or like stand outside waiting for them to come out when they were like in trial or whatever. Okay. It's all coming back, I promise. Then in 1919, uh, when Prohibition was about to be passed, because it was in 1920 when it was passed, like in January, I think, uh, by this point, like after the divorce and everything, he wasn't really taking care of the brewery itself, so it wasn't really doing as well anyway. So it was starting to really go down. Right. Um, So I guess he didn't really care, and again, the family now are probably billionaires at this point. And in case uh, you're wondering about the workers in the, in the brewery and stuff like that, they were notified by the fact that they were closing when they arrived to work and the, lates, uh, the, the gates were closed and they saw a sign outside saying that it's like closed and you no longer have a job. That's pretty fucking uh, who this person is. So uh, the, company, the, the company broke up with the, co- uh, the employees with a post-it note, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, they were broken up with a post-it note, which is by far the worst thing ever. Worst thing ever. Yeah. I mean, Carrie Bradshaw was totally just on point with that one. Um, we didn't realize that was a historical reenactment. <laughs> oh, the limp brewery and their <laughs> employees. Yeah, you didn't know that? Wow, it was so obvious. Um, in, <laughs> in 1920, William's sister committed suicide in shooting herself as well. Uh, it's a popular way to go on this Yeah, family. there really, really wasn't a whole lot of information as to why she did it, other than she was having a really hard time in her um, marriage. Maybe that was enough. I mean, you think around this time, like, everyone's shooting themselves, but you think most of these people would just OD. And, I mean, it's because so many illegal narcotics now yeah. were completely legal then. Yeah. So it's like, like just, yeah, just do cocaine all night and kill yourself <laughs> by doing too much. Go out Boom. with a rush. Yeah. I don't know. No, seriously. I'm like, ooh, hey, look, a gun. Yeah. Uh, so I guess she died in the house as well, uh, from what I understand. Eventually, the assets of the brewery were liquidated, and for a fraction of their cost, William began to decline in depression as well. I mean, like, I give a shit, but he did. Uh, he had married... Pretty happy that he's yeah. gone into depression. He, he did remarry um, at some point, and uh, I guess that relationship was going to shit as well. But he died in 1922 after his sister's suicide, not too long after, because I think it was only two years. Yeah, two years. And he shot himself in the heart. Another shooting. Yeah, in the office, which is in the mansion, obviously. Um, 
his brother. So wait, did sister die in the mansion as well? Yeah, from what I understand. Shit. It, so we've had what three, four, four gun suicides. Oh uh, well, three gun suicide and four one normal deaths. death. Yeah, the, yeah. That, the first the death son. was a normal death. Yeah, exactly. Heart failure. Well, but yeah, so so normal. We, but he was twenty eight. So but you know. What no, I mean, no, yeah. but I mean, it wasn't yeah. a suicide. Like his, I don't think he wanted to die. And more importantly, it was a non-gun based suicide. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, wow. This so so. I feel like I'm getting the background information to the story that you find out when you're watching, like, the horror movie. You find this stuff out later, but you're, like, giving it to me up front. I'm just going to give it to you now. So. All right. Be ready. Uh, his brother, Charles Charles Lemp, uh, eventually moved into the mansion and restored it. Which, by the way, he, uh, you know, William's Ill- illegitimate child. The that, poor one that was stuck in the attic? Yes. He's still there, according to people. Like, he would have still been there. And Who's taking care of it? I guess, like, just servants. Like, they'll, like, bring them food and crap. But, like, no one's really doing a whole lot about it. So, um, yeah, but he did die eventually, like, in his 30s. And so... Um, the illegitimate child. The illegitimate, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to give him a, an appropriate name, but he apparently didn't have he one. Did, I don't know. I don't That's know. so horrible. Yeah, and it doesn't really... Yeah, because there's, like, I guess he was buried just outside the family cemetery. And he has a small plaque on his grave that just says Lemp. So. That's so horrifying. I don't know. Yeah. That's what people said. I, I mean, I'm someone I've been to St. Louis. I have not seen this grave. But the fact that it, if it does exist, then obviously I feel like this would be pretty true and fairly accurate based on the other people's accounts that used to live there. Um, that wasn't family. And trying to keep it a secret. You look so depressed. Uh, this is miserable. <laughs> you're not even making. I but you're not that. telling me anything scary. Know, you're just making me really sad. I know. I know. I know. No. So, but hopefully, you know, this is all going to enhance other things. Maybe. I'm. I'm almost done. I promise. So, but I do want to say not too long. If your after. last line is and then things got scary, I'll be really mad. <laughs> In uh, oh yeah, when I'm done with the whole thing, <laughs> you're like, and then it got scary. And then now they hear <laughs> footsteps. The end. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You, you were like, I fucking hate you. Um, do not, do not be disappointed. I mean, we'll, we'll get there. Not too long after, in 1949, Charles went a little crazy. And he already been dealing with some mental issues. Like, um, so he had severe OCD. And he basically became a recluse as well. Well, one day, he thought, fuck it. And took his dog to the basement and shot him. And then went upstairs to his room on the second floor and then shot himself. So, five, su- five deaths, four suicides by gunshot. Yeah. And then the dog death, which is really uncool. So I guess a dog died by shot, but not suicide. I don't think the dog was like... Yeah, I, you don't find too many dogs uncool that want to kill this. themselves. No, not that I know of. The, so far, that dog is more sane than most of this family. I think this poor dog was the sanest person in the house, for sure. Um, so... The, oh, uh, another little point of that. When he shot himself uh, upstairs in his room, he wasn't discovered until the next day, but he was in his staircase with a gun in his hand. So it seemed like he didn't die right away, and then he dragged his body to the staircase. Mm. Yeah. Wow. This guy really. Um, the only remaining brother, Edwin, um, had far removed himself from the family since like 1913. But he was also a little eccentric because he requested that upon his death that his butler... Uh, needed to burn all of his paintings, important documents, and other precious artifacts. Which, I guess he did comply. Super random. I just think this family's a little nutty. 
God, I was the butler. I'd be like, or I could keep this. Yeah, I was like, and... yeah, I burnt it all. <laughs> yeah. It's totally fine. I totally kept them because they're worth a lot of money. <laughs> this you butler, let's just idiot. put it this way. He's not a butler anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He no longer buttles. He, he doesn't buttle. So um, the hauntings. Woo-hoo, we're here after a history lesson. And yes, you will be quizzed. Um, so the house was eventually turned into a boarding house. Once everyone died, basically, you know, by shooting themselves, I suppose. And by this time, the house was not kept up and it began to deteriorate. Um, This is more or less when people began to experience strange hauntings and the boarding house was having a really hard time keeping tenants as well because of this. Um, And eventually it was sold to... uh, in ni- it, sold, it was sold in 1975 to Dick Pointer and his family. They renovated the place and turned into a hotel and restaurant. And the staff there were experiencing a ton of weird stuff that they were like, this is awful. So they had a more or less like high t- turnover for a while because um, they couldn't even keep their staff. Uh, maybe that's like just an excuse. I don't know. Maybe they were like paying them shit, but... I, I think it's probably because they got paid really badly. <laughs> I mean, there are so many people who we, we see on TV shows. We see, like, waiters and everything who work at places like, yeah, it's haunted. Like, we I have just don't friends like, who, like, Yeah, they're sucks. like, I just don't like going this place at night, like, down into this basin at night. But they still work there. Like you said, people want to get paid. You leave a job because you're treated like crap. Yeah, possibly that's very much the case. But who knows? But, you know. Now, if customers coming in there and eating or staying the night leave because they're freaking scared... That's a different story. Well, then buckle up. Um, the area that gets the most activities that people have claimed are the staircase, attic, and the basement, which they endearingly named uh, the Gates of Hell. The attic. Um, as previously previously mentioned, question one. Who lived in the attic? Uh, the poor child with a very bad name. Exactly. So this is exactly why it's uh, considered one of the most haunted spots as well. People on the streets have literally come into the place and told someone that, you know, there was like a boy crying up in the window way on top. And I'm concerned is, you know, can someone go check or something? And when they're like, uh, sure, we'll check. There's no one there. There's not even a child, like, in the guest list or, you know, the guests that are seeing. There's not even kids there. So people have actually seen this. Um, He's, like, trying to get people's attention on the street. Um, When investigators go into that room, they tend to, what they want to do is obviously communicate with this child. Um, And he, or, you know, I guess he would have been an adult when he died, but you know what I mean. And he, like, they would sometimes put sensors down. I don't know if you've ever seen some of the paranormal investigating kind of shows that I watch, but um, there's different tools that they use to mm-hmm. sure. um, have, like, I mean, I just like electrical presence, but literally, like, pressure as well. And whenever they put a toy in the middle of the room and they say, hey, we want to play and hang out with you and stuff like that, it's basically almost guaranteed to get something out of it. They also say that if you leave a toy in the bed in the room... And then you come back the next day, it'll guaranteed be moved somewhere else in the room. So that's just something that that's just been recorded like in this time and time again. Yeah. So that's pretty sad and interesting, I guess. Like, you know what I mean? Um, Another one, they will hear footsteps running down up and down the stairs. So question number two, who ran up the stairs, knocked down the door 
and found his father dead. The son? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, this is a perfect example of giving the answer in the question. William Lemp is the correct answer, but I accept yours as well because it's technically the truth. Um, Yeah, so people can hear that to this day. They say they'll hear what sounds like someone frantically running up the stairs and then knock open a door. But no door is being knocked over. These are just like the sounds that are a recreation of a moment in time. So that is pretty cool. Although, not the circumstance. That's kind of depressing. The cave. Um, investigators and staff that have gone down there have almost always also felt or have seen or experienced something down there. Um, people have heard a dog bark in the basement, being followed by shadowy figures. One time, a maintenance guy went down there in the cave to do some work. And when he walked into a side room, he noticed that there were candles aligned along the wall and on the ground. So he thinks that people were sometimes go down there for doing like some sort of weird rituals. Seances or... Just, yeah, maybe like trying to communicate and um, or just, you know, be weird. You know, just, just normal stuff. Uh, tools will vanish or move to different locations moments after setting them down. So maintenance men really fucking hate that. Um, feeling like you're being watched and hearing footsteps is basically expected and also seeing shadowy figures so whenever you're like down there and you see something move in the corner of your eye it's usually like the shadows are dancing around Mm. you so that's fucked up um another area that people claim to be haunted is the women's bathroom which used to be william jr you know the douchebag uh personal bathroom and (laughs) Women have often complained and complained and said they, one, feel like they're being watched the whole time, but... So they think he's perving out on them? Then literally see, like, a person come and peer through the freaking stall. And you know this is the United States, so it's not shut. It's like... You know, we <laughs> yeah, have, we yeah. have the worst stalls. We have the worst bathrooms. And also, they, they will sometimes catch someone, like, real quick peer over the stall. So either William is still being the perv that, he's a, that he is... Or they have a really pervy person in the staff, and he's just like, it's the Williams. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to blame it on the ghost. going to get me a look. But, you know, like, it just happens at different times. No one would be around. They wouldn't hear someone else come in. So it's very much like, it's, I guess it's William Jr. being William Jr. Um, that asshole. Uh, so let's see. What else do I have? Um, oh, yeah. So other hauntings. The current owners of... Uh, were interviewed by an episode of Ghost Adventures, and uh, I watched that episode a long time ago, but then I remembered, holy shit, I should rewatch it and actually get some notes out of it. And the husband reca- recounted, recounted? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did that sound weird? Maybe it's because I've taken three shots. Okay. Uh, at the time when his wife approached him um, while he was working in the kitchen and she was cleaning a room, but she went down there to get up and she was like, Hey, can you come up to the bedroom real quick? Because I need to show you something. And he's like, okay, uh, whatever, let's go. So he goes up there and and she's like, do you see anything like weird in here? And he's like, no, everything seems fine to me. Uh, which, by the way, would be my reaction because I just have like the worst spatial awareness. So I would be like, I don't know, it's a bedroom. Anyway, she's like, so I was dusting, you know, the portraits. And I was like, you know, the room, cleaning up, tidying up. And I left for a moment when I came back. Every single picture in the room, and he noticed, he's like, at this point, he noticed as well, were upside down. Mm. And he was, like, looking around, like, what the hell? And these are some, like, some of them are pretty large and heavy, so unless she was dedicated to scare her husband, which it doesn't seem like 
her personality, I suppose. Maybe it is. I don't know. But he was like, it was just weird. And I obviously was a little spooked, is what he said. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Guests have often felt like they were being watched. Another common complaint is that they'll feel like they're being touched while they're slept, which I'm like, fuck you. Do not touch me when I'm sleeping. Because that is, like, the last thing I ever want, even when... You're cool with all the other hauntings, but that's the one. No, That's where I draw the line. You can totally put the pictures upside down. I don't give a shit. Do not touch me when I'm sleeping. Um, Yeah, that would piss me off. Guess often also um, smelled lavender. Question number now, three. Now that's the one that pisses me off. Because question number three. Who the mom was obsessed the mom? with? The mom. The wife. The yeah. the wife that got cheated. What's her on. name? You know how bad I am with names. It literally is almost my name. <laughs> is it Lilabeth? It's Lillian. Oh, Lillian. <laughs> you I, bitch. I didn't know it was literally your name. No, my name is Liliana. No, I know, but I mean, I didn't know it was like one letter. It's like I was thinking of something like. I said it's basically my name. Oh, okay. She just doesn't know how to spell and forgot the other A. It's fine. Um, Yeah, so she, yeah, like I said, lavender, that would piss you off. And I thought that was so funny because when I was reading this, I was like, oh man, this is exactly what Chase would be like. We're fucking leaving this place. See, and and for people listening, just super quick, it's not that lavender is inherently bad. I I was never partial to it, but I worked as as a dishwasher on a lavender farm. And we made sure our dish soap was lavender dish soap, and everything we did had lavender in it. So I pretty much all smelt nothing but lavender out. for an entire summer. And I think that was a lifetime supply of lavender, and I'm done with it. That I can understand. I mean, it, and also you're associating with like your job and yep. washing nasty dishes. Yeah, cleaning Who other people's filthy dishes associate. and showing up right. at a job I hate. It. Yeah, it was, everything about it sucked. I don't blame you, although I do like lavender, but I never had to indulge myself into it um where was i i don't know being watched lavender oh yeah and lavender as well is um sometimes people will be like this fucking lavender smell is following me or they'll be like it's permeating from the furniture that would be totally easy for the um you know, like the restaurant, a hotel, whatever, to like just have, you know, lavender scents on because like it totally fits the ghost story. You're like this one guy with a spray bottle. He's like, I got a lavender the fucking furniture <laughs> just again. Just to scare the customers. <laughs> I mean, it's not like, it's now not that's like. a yeah. guy who probably hates lavender too. Yeah, but I mean, it's, we're not talking like a job and we're not talking smells like, uh, wow, I smell rotten meat sometimes when I'm walking up the stairs. Like, it's not like one of those horrible smells. Like, it's freaking lavender. I mean. Yeah. It's not a There's nothing you haunting about lavender i bet it's fake something threatening i suppose it's not fake so so far none of these hauntings are genuinely scary and they all feel how dare you then they all feel very much like i mean we're talking footsteps like okay seeing a kid crying on the top that one bothers me but like we're pretty much hearing footsteps what about the cave what about the dogs barking in the basement see that doesn't bother me finding a bunch of candles that's weird but that doesn't feel like a haunting that feels like Weird people who are interested in the haunting doing things. Right. Yeah. I guess you're wrong. So, I mean, how is this? So far, nothing on here says top 10 horror film. I'm, I'm top, top 10, 10 horror, horror film. Haunted location. I don't this know is your classic. Okay. I'm going with the classics here. All right. So, get All it right. together. So, um, I'm apparently not scared of classics. No. I guess you're just so cool. 
I want blood dripping down the walls in guest room. That's what I oh, want. Oh, so you want me to... Not uh, pitter-patter. Oh, I heard some footsteps. Definitely top ten haunted. Woo! Some footsteps and some lavender. What? That's not scary for you? What? Okay, fine. Um, so, aside from the lavender, moving on from that, we are... Now the staff, some of the staff members have witnessed a person, like particularly like a waiter or like a bartender, would see someone sitting at a table and they'll be like, oh, he probably needs some help. And so he'll go and see what he wants and then they will disappear right in front of them. That's kind of douchey. He's like, cool, <laughs> I have some tips coming. Nope. See ya. <laughs> You can imagine the boss saying, "Where's like, why don't you ever see you do anything? Well, every time I walk up to a guest, <laughs> they disappear, bro. So I'm just going to sit here. They can come order from me. Yeah, I'm going to let the ghosts come to me this time. Yeah. Uh, the bartenders also claim to have seen glasses shoot across the room and shatter. Lights being turned on and off on their own. And they hear the piano when near, no one is nearby or like it's closed and they're the only other person there, which is... That would scare me. See, that would that would scare me too. For some reason, that scares me. I know we ha- they have automatic pianos, but if I'm like at the hotel by myself at night, like cleaning the floor, and all of a sudden the piano starts playing, I'll be like, okay, this is some shining shit right here. Yeah, I'm like, uh, no, I'm out. Um, there are also just general apparitions uh, appearing in old timey clothes. I like that old timey. But you know the timing we're talking about. Yeah, you can't tell that to kids these days because them old timing means like... They're like the 90s? Yeah, they're wearing, like, <laughs> they're wearing like plaid and jinkos. Is that what you mean? Okay, that's worse. <laughs> I would rather see an 1800s uh, tire versus some jinkos. <laughs> the ghost and jinkos. I'm like, get the hell out of here, jinkos. You are dead. Um, <laughs> you were dead on arrival. You died for a reason. Uh, the Another... Um, thing is oh there's a little story uh, one of the painters that you, when the place was being renovated to become a hotel um while he was painting the ceilings he this guy just was like i feel like someone's watching me or like feeling really just uh negative energy sure. do you know what i mean like just feeling kind of scared oh, in sure. general and so he kept looking around and it was just so strong he said that he was overcome with intense fear and complete negativity that he just literally fucked off which is exactly what i think everyone should do all the time well he also that's a telltale sign of a heart attack i'm not joking if all of a sudden well he's still alive if you feel like sudden doom and and impending but it wasn't like in him it was like external do you know what i mean like when i see i don't know when i see maybe someone like looking shady and you know coked out on the street in the night and i'm like trying to get to the freaking market in my pajamas like yeah that that's like of a situation where i would feel intense fear dread. and like dread but i know i'm not having a heart attack because i could physically feel sure, the sure, threat outside sure, of me sure and that's what he's describing and plus he did die so i'm guessing it wasn't a heart attack um so but i guess he did come back the next day and finish the job so that's fine um, in case you were worried. <laughs> the ceiling is painted. <laughs> you gotta you gotta finish your work, man. Integrity. Yeah. Without integrity you have nothing. They often hear voices. I know you're rolling your eyes. You're like, oh my god, every haunting. Um there are also um oh yeah, people have also felt like they're being shoved. Which again would piss me off. Yeah, that'd really piss you off. And be like, oh no. You'd like turn around. Well, like I you're like would... you're like straightening your hair, and then you turn around. You're like, can you fucking not? I would be like, I am burning this place down. 
you can fuck off. Um, but anyway, screams can also sometimes be heard and even telling them to leave or get out. Nice. Yeah, that would actually kind of scare me. But only because I don't like loud noises suddenly, so I'd be really pissed too. Pissed and scared. Yeah, you'd be scared. I'd be you'd be so you'd upset. Leave, you'd leave the hotel like mad. It's like, it's like, is it haunted? Yeah, ghosts are fucking assholes. They're God, pushing. They're, assholes. they're shoving me. They're oh, fucking man. screaming. You know you would be the one smelling lavender and be like, oh no, a ghost. And I'll be like being shoved. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, pushed down the stairs. I'm going to kill them. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go get Vankman and come back here and fuck you up. Fuck you guys. Oh my god. I'm gonna haunt this shit. I'm, I would go down, like, if I died, I'm gonna come back there and slap them. I will be the slapping ghost, slapping ghost. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, we haven't had any slapping in me. That's why I'm not scared Maybe yet. it shoves, not slaps. So, oh well. Maybe next time. But, yeah. That is the story. So, ta-da! I'm Buzz now. And, and I'm not scared. And you are not scared. However, it's been a day since the first break, but don't lie. First story was way scary. Borley Rectory, and yeah. I know you said that that freaked you out a little bit. So. Yeah, there was some freaky stuff in that one. That one was pretty good. This one, I don't know. It all, it, this seems like just textbook boring. <gasps> this house is haunted. No, I mean like hauntings. Like this te- this this house is haunted. You're like, what do you hear? It's like, there's some voices. There's some... Some pitter patter, some footsteps, and I don't know, occasionally this... you smell something. It's not like you've seen like people get like thrown down the stairs multiple times, and there's and some shoving. There's some shoving, apparently. Some shoving but... and moving of your tools. How annoying! It's kind of creepy. That the... haunting is as mild as their light lager <laughs> beer. It's very mild. So flavor. seriously, the board like. What are the other nine the most Borley. haunted places in the uh, That'll come up later. I probably will sprinkle them throughout time while we do this. Um, but right <laughs> now, I think I just wanted to do classic because it's kind of our first episode. It's October. Who doesn't like mansion hauntings? Apparently you, but... I'm going to go check out some <laughs> pictures and I'll see how creepy this place looks. Well, the, the, the Borley house is um, definitely different. It's more... Well, let me think about it. Because the pictures that I saw were so old. But the um, Lemp Mansion, it's very, obviously, like, just kind of, just of 1800s vibes. We all know what that looks like. Not very good with the architecture terms. Uh, But there's, like, carpet everywhere, some, like, kind of more lavish type of, um, like, decorations, kind of cluttery. Sure. Um, But fancy clutter, not just, like, pack rat clutter. I'm not a big fan. Um, I like being there because we've stayed at places that are kind of like that. And I think it's super interesting, but in of like, like time warp Disneyland kind of way, not like I want to decorate my house this way. So, <laughs> like it was cool. You're but not I'm, into the Victorian or Edwardian aesthetics. Not even a little bit. There's this one train board game I should introduce you to. You'll really like it. <laughs> Stop trying to make me play it. <laughs> It looks so old-timey. It's 1910, so it's not 1800s, but they kept all the good stuff. It's 1910, you said? 1910, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's all kind of... It's four years before... Uh, well, the mansion... Uh, no, two years before the Titanic? Wait, it was Titanic 1912? 1912. Yeah, it was, it was April 14th when it sank, right? But that was 1912. I think there's, I there's the, a 14 somewhere in there. I remember the year. I think it's, I think it's the date. It was like, I think it was like April 14th. 1912. Yeah, so think that, and then that's a mansion. Just the Titanic, or the this was, haunted just imagine house the, version of the yeah, Titanic. Imagine the, the mansion sinking after it hits an iceberg. Yeah, it sinks into the cave. I can see that happening. It's a lavender iceberg. Oh my god. 
It smells so good. Oh, wow. <laughs> Goodbye, Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> well, uh, from everything that we've talked about already, I'm, I am done. Uh, we, we have run out of information finally, so don't worry. But I do want to say thank you guys for listening, and I hope you guys at least had a good time. And remember that the best cure for a hangover is fear. Good night, guys. See you later.